Thank you, Annie. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. How are you doing? Everyone okay? Uh, tomorrow, uh, it's hug day. Who are you going to hug? I don't know. I, I haven't actually thought of that until Andy asked me. Um, but I'm going to hug someone, so watch out. Um, <laughs> I hug my family. I'll do that anyway. Um, <laughs> tonight, tonight, I'm really excited to be talking to you about uh, this topic of digging deep. And we are week two into our 4D Vision series tonight. Uh, we're doing this whole four-week series to basically, to, as we re-emerge out of lockdown, not just with Hug Day, but other sort of stuff, um, as we gather back together in the building, uh, we are thinking about how do we gather back and build uh, strong lives of faith. And uh, we've been thinking last week about aiming high. Toby did a thing about giving God your best and we've basically um, done this 4D vision series because uh, of two reasons. Firstly is this, and the, uh, in the, the book of Ephesians, uh, Paul writes to the church and says, I want you to know how high, how deep, how wide, how long is the love of Christ. And then, firstly, we've held on to that verse throughout the whole of our time at St. Nick. So two and a half years ago, we planted, we held on to that verse because we felt like it was what we wanted to represent, the, the love of Jesus into the city. Secondly, the second reason we hold this 4D vision about high, deep, wide, and long is because of this building that we're sat in here and this position of this building in Bristol. And um, uh, you'll notice that it's really high. It's the seventh highest building in Bristol. That's, uh, we're in the top 10. Come on. And um, so we're the seventh highest Brist- uh, building in Bristol, but we're also one of the oldest buildings in Bristol. And tonight we think about digging deep because underneath where you're sat right now is a crypt. And this crypt is pretty old. It's 13th century. I've got a photo of it on the screen right here. If you've never been downstairs, uh, instead of turning left to come into the church, next time, head downstairs. It's where the loos are. If you've been to the loos, you might have seen it. But uh, the crypt is underneath where you are right now. It's 13th century. It's been here since the sort of establishment of Bristol as a city. It's where the old Norman city wall runs sort of in this corner here. Here, excuse me. And uh, I get excited about the crypt. And, um, and it's where the city walls were built. It's where the ships would have come into the city. And it's where the, um, the gates of the city would have been. So as people arrived into Bristol, they came through the city walls, through the gates. And St. Nicholas would have been one of the first places here that they arrived to. We um, uh, took on this building. Some of you will know this story. We took on this building about three years ago. Uh, and it had been closed as a church for about 50 years. This um, whole church here got bombed in the war. It lost its roof. It lost the whole contents of the church. And, um, the, but the community of St. Nick's at that time, through the war, didn't stop meeting. They decided, uh, instead of uh, meeting in a sort of drafty open-air um, building here, they take their services down to the crypt. They take their prayers down to the crypt. And they decided to keep the roots and the foundation of their faith building in the crypt downstairs. And uh, so this is why we've chosen the 4D vision. This is why we're digging deep. And tonight, uh, instead of thinking about foundations, we're going to think about roots, another sort of uh, biological thing. I'm not a plant expert. I'm not a tree expert. I know some of you might be. Uh, but tonight, we're talking about digging deep. And uh, perhaps your faith over the last year has uh, been strong. Perhaps you've been like digging deep. You've been pressing in. You've been trying to read your Bible, uh, coming to church online. You've been pressing in and really digging deep. Perhaps, you've, perhaps it's taken a bit of a hit over the last year because of circumstances um, around you or uh, things that have happened to you. Perhaps you're new to faith and you're just trying to work out what on earth all this means. Perhaps you've just discovered church uh, in lockdown 
and you're trying to work out, how do, I, how do I grow in my faith? How do I dig deep? How do I put down roots? Or perhaps you feel like in the last year, do you know what, I've, I'm almost done with church. I'm just hanging on. I'm just by, the, by my fingertips thinking, do I really want to be here? Do I really want to invest? Is this really what I believe? And you're sort of wondering where on earth your faith is. Well, perhaps um, uh, wherever you're at tonight, um, my prayer is that tonight would just be a moment where you can come back to God Maybe your faith is strong. Maybe it's feeling really, really thin. And um, God wants to use the faith that you have and breathe life on it tonight. So that is my prayer uh, tonight as we begin. But first, um, a little story about me when I was a student. I know there's a few students in the house tonight. And um, because essentially what we're talking about here tonight is the word discipleship. It's about feeding yourself. It's about learning, not just to be spoon-fed at church by uh, talks and worship here, but how we feed ourselves in our faith throughout the rest of the week. And when I was a student, uh, and when you are a student, if you are a student, you sort of spend a lot of your student time and your life learning how to feed yourself, right? So um, you do a degree as well, but you also learn how to feed yourself. And um, <laughs> when I was a student, I, uh, two things. Firstly, I, was a, I, was, I loved food, but I wasn't very good at cooking. Um, I was also quite, um, I was on a budget, many students are, um, but I, I, I decided in my first term at university that I wanted to finish the first term with as much money in the bank as I could to prove to my parents that I wasn't going to splat, you know, spend it all and splash the cash. Anyway, so my, my diet at, at university, the first term, self-catering, I would go to, uh, go to Tesco's and I would get um, five pot noodles, a loaf of bread and two, you know, those Frey Bentos tins, pie things, yeah? You put them in the, you put them in the oven. Right, so that was pretty much my weekly um, uh, trip to the supermarket. Tesco's, I'd you know, fill my basket, five pot noodles, loaf of bread, Frey Bentos pies for a, a treat at, at the weekend. Anyway, anyway, I remember one time doing this, and I was there, stood at the checkout, and um, the lady was putting my um, things through, and I remember this so clearly. Um, this is in Guildford, Surrey University, and I, um, I was having my food scanned, feeling a bit sort of, you know, sorry for myself, trying to save the money, trying to, you know, feed myself. And um, this lady sort of put the, put the things through, the items, and then she looked down, she sort of seen what she'd scanned, and then she looked up at me, and she went, it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> and and I, I sort of like went, I was, you know, this sort of poor 18-year-old, and I sort of went, okay, thanks. <laughs> Paid my money and left. And, um, <laughs> and that, the, that look in her face... And those words sort of cut deep into my soul. And, um, and from that moment on, I thought, things have got to change. Things have got to change. And um, then I quickly learned, I think I rang my mum, got a recipe for stir fry. You know, I think <laughs> things were looking up quite quickly. But the reason I tell you that story is because we can get stuck in a rut with how we feed ourselves spiritually. We can get stuck in a rut doing the same things all the time, maybe just settling for something really uh, bog-standard, just turning up to the same stuff, not really uh, learning how to feed ourselves. And part of why we come to church is not just to be fed, but to learn how to feed ourselves, to put down roots, to put down roots ourselves so that we can learn to feed ourselves. And um, I'm going to pick out three things from this passage tonight in Colossians. Um, now, I'm no, as I said, I'm no garden expert, I'm no you know, biologist, I'm no um, uh, scientist, but I know a little bit about roots, and I've done some research on roots. So tonight, I've called my talk, Put Down Roots. 
put down roots, okay? So uh, the first verse in Colossians chapter 2 is this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. And perhaps you're here tonight feeling a bit like uh, you lack stability. You're trying to work out how to come out of lockdown. You're trying to work out what to do with that small amount of faith that you have. Tonight, I'd love you to put down roots for stability. Put down roots for stability. St. Paul was writing this passage to a church in a city called Colossae, where people had heard the message of Jesus. They'd responded. They'd responded to the gospel a few years back. And this, this letter was written to the church probably about three years after it had been established. So around the same time uh, as we've been established here in Bristol, about coming up to three years. But they'd heard other stuff was going on. They'd been distracted by other teachings and philosophies, and it seemed like they'd gone off the boil. They'd sort of had the faith seed in the, in the, in three years ago, and then they'd sort of gone off the boil a little bit. And this passage is saying, remember the faith that you were given and put it down, put the roots down, be established, strengthen yourself, strengthen your faith. Your faith is your stability and is your anchor. And there are times, I think, in the last year where many of us have felt uh, like the world is so unpredictable. What's going to happen? What's going to happen next week? It's been so hard to even plan uh, Sundays at at church, thinking, are we going to be able to meet? What are we going to be able to do? Uh, Who can we see? And this can really affect um, our faith. It can feel like things are a bit shaking. And it's a bit like that in life as well. When we feel like uh, life is uncertain, We are looking for that stability. Well, tonight, uh, my encouragement to you is put down roots for stability, where we are relying on him as our rock and as our anchor. God is our rock. God is our anchor, the one who made us and knows us and knows the days ahead of us. And I feel like... um, I felt like that in my life, graduating, trying to work out where to be, uh, what to, how to serve um, the church, all sorts of different things. I've, I've felt in my life um, like times are, have been unstable. And uh, this morning we talked about, um, we, I was using this same uh, image and using uh, three different pots uh, for growth. So I had some seeds and had some pots and had some plants here. And I was telling... Uh, kids, that um, Jesus calls our faith, uh, compares our faith to a seed. And he says, you only have to have faith the size of a mustard seed, and God can use that. So tonight, um, if your faith is feeling unstable, if your faith is feeling uncertain, put down roots for stability. Secondly then, uh, is this, put down roots to grow, not just to be stable, but to grow. If something is stable and rooted, then it will grow. And if in verse 7 of this passage, uh, it says this, strengthened in the faith that you were taught, you're being brought to fullness in Christ. Again, uh, the life of faith that we have is not just one of remaining static, but of growing. And I love this word, um, fullness, in verse 10. Because I think life, when we think about life being full, that, for, for me, sometimes feels like a negative thing. My life is so full. My diary is so full. But here, uh, Paul is not saying to live a life of fullness, as in pack the diary out with appointments and busyness and life and work and stress, but to know the fullness of God uh, and joy that we find and the lightness that we find in being uh, found in him. So the deeper our roots go, 
The more established they are, the stronger and the higher we will grow. And um, there are different ways that we can do this. I talked about feeding ourselves, learning to feed ourselves, not with pot noodles and fray bentos and a cheap Tesco value um, loaf of bread, but with the word of God in worship, in prayer. And um, this is why we meet midweek, not just on Sundays. We meet on Tuesday mornings at 8 to pray. We meet in groups throughout the week. We meet in Alpha to explore faith. This is why we need each other um, in community to do this together. So many... um, questions have been floating around in people's minds over the last year. Can you be a Christian on your own, at home in your bedroom, just tuning in to church online? And all these different church leaders around the, the world have been saying, oh, church online is so great, you can access it at home wherever you are, which is true for some people, uh, either who wouldn't or couldn't get to church. Absolutely fine. But it's true also that we are designed to be in relationship and community with each other. And it's, it's, uh, so I'd say, can you be a Christian on your own? Yes, but not for long, because we need each other. So we put down roots to grow and to grow together. Um, thirdly, then, is this. Uh, we put down roots to bear fruit. So we put down roots to strengthen, for stability. We put down roots to grow in him. The deeper our roots grow, the higher our growth goes. But then we put down roots to bear fruit. And uh, in John chapter 15, Jesus basically uses this same analogy. He calls himself the true vine. And he says, if you remain in me as branches, if you remain in the true vine and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Because our faith is not just us and God. It's something that we share together. It's personal, deeply personal, but it's never private. And I'd love just to share a little example of this in a second. But uh, next week, we are celebrating something called Pentecost, which is where uh, we look to uh, the birth of the church, the the receiving of the Holy Spirit, where the apostles met in a room devoted uh, to each other, to, to God, seeking God together. And the Holy Spirit came and fell, and uh, the world was transformed. The church was born, and uh, that came from their devotion to God. They were meeting together, pressing in, digging deep together. And God uh, came uh, in power, in wind and in fire, set them on fire for God, and the church was born. And I believe that out of our devotion, our passion grows. Out of our devotion to God, our passion for him grows and will continue to grow. Uh, So we grow to become more like Jesus. We want to treat each other, love each other how Jesus did and to lay our lives down sacrificially for each other as he did for us. Now, I'm a bit of a um, church history uh, sort of geek, you might say, I suppose. Um, And I came across this story um, about a group of American theologian students. And I'd love to tell you this. This happened in 1940. Totally true story. And um, uh, for those of you who've been around Bristol, you might have seen some John Wesley-type things. There's a statue of John Wesley down in the centre, and John Wesley uh, was a uh, church leader. He was a Methodist, the, the, the starter, the founder of the Methodist movement. He was a, uh, came from the Church of England, but he sort of felt restricted by uh, what he was able to do. And um, uh, in Bristol, there are different uh, sort of, there's a museum of John Wesley, there's different churches that he spoke in, including this one, I think. And... Um, Anyway, there's a group of, uh, this 1940, uh, a professor called Professor uh, Edwin Orr, who's one of the leading church history professors, brought a group of American theologian students 
over to this country, to England, uh, to visit some of the sites that John Wesley had been in, where he lived and where he, where he grew up and where he studied and where he served. And they went to his house. This group of students went to uh, John Wesley's family house where he grew up. And anyway, they, show, they showed him where, they showed this group where, they, where he studied and where they worked and where they lived. And, and John Wesley was one of many, many um, siblings, I think. can't remember how many. And um, basically, they went upstairs into his bedroom. And they said, here's where John Wesley grew up and where he slept. This is his bedroom. And this group of students looked around uh, this bedroom. And they saw, they sort of said, oh, this is actually John Wesley's bed. Yes, it's John Wesley's bed. And then they got to the end of the bed. And one of the students saw at the end of the bed two patches next to the bed of the carpet. And these patches, um, apparently, the, the professor said, is where uh, John Wesley every morning would get up and kneel on his bed and pray every single morning. And this, he'd done it so much and for so long, not just for a few minutes every day, but for hours. Apparently, uh, he got up at 5 o'clock every morning to pray uh, for two or three hours. And uh, this group of students were amazed uh, to see that this uh, 200 years, 250 years on, these patches of carpet remained worn exactly where they were, where John Wesley got up every morning to pray. And, um, and they sort of took a moment just to see this and experience it and thought, wow, what devotion to pray so much that your carpet would be worn next to your bed and it would sort of leave a, a lasting impression. Anyway, they all got back on the bus and they sort of went off to the next place. And they were just being counted, apparently, by Dr. Orr. Everyone back on the bus? They were all back on the bus, apart from one person. And they counted them all up. And they thought, there's someone missing, there's someone missing. So they went back inside the house and they went upstairs and they realized that one of the students had got down on his knees and was kneeling in the place where John Wesley knelt for so many hours every day. And he was saying this, do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Praying words of revival, just as John Wesley had prayed 250 years before. And the Dr. Orr said, Billy, it's time to get up. We've got to go. We've got to go. Billy, come on, Billy. And then Billy Graham got up off his knees, onto his feet, and then said, sorry, I just had to pray. And I was so struck with that, with that message, with that, with that story, because out of his devotion, God moved. Out of his devotion, his passion grew. And I believe that every move of God, every great move of God starts with a great move of prayer. You look at the Moravians, which is where the Wesleys from Germany got their inspiration just to devote themselves to God, to dig deep lives of prayer. You look at the Azusa Street revival at the beginning of the 20th century. You look at the Welsh revival. All of these things started with a move, great move of prayer where people just said, Do you know what, I'm going to dig deep, I'm going to put down roots, I'm going to see amazing things happen. And you might think, well, God, where, where is revival happening today? We want to we seek it right now. But if you look at countries like China, there are thousands of people being brought to Christ every single day. You look at the stories coming out of the churches uh, in China. It's incredible to see what's happening. And out of our devotion, our passion will grow. So maybe tonight you're thinking, God, I want to get that passion back. I want to get that fire back in my life to see you move, to see you act. Well, tonight, I encourage you to dig deep, to put down roots, to say, God, I want to know you more. I want to experience you more. I want to feel your love. I want to know your love. I want to uh, understand you more in my life, uh, to you know, dig deep into your word and to respond. God longs 
to strengthen us. He longs for us to put down roots. And as we do that, we will be strengthened. As we do that, uh, he will breathe his life on us. And as we do that, um, we will see power and breakthrough come. We will see, as, as Billy Graham saw, I believe we will see this world changed. We will see lives impacted and restored and uh, people forgiven and t- lives turned around and uh, illness restored and, and mental health um, just healed. We will see things happen uh, when, we, um, when we seek God with all our hearts. So we're going to respond right now, and I'd love to do that in worship, but can I invite you to stand, and we're just going to uh, seek God. We're going to ask him um, for his power to come. We're going to ask him now to breathe his life on us. And it might be that you're here tonight with, uh, with faith, and you, you feel like, yeah, God, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm here already. Well, tonight, God wants to, I think, say those words again, put down roots. And I really feel this for maybe people, some students here, or people of, uh, exploring whether or not to move to Bristol, that God wants to say, put down roots here, put down roots. It's time to, um, yeah, depend on him for our stability, for our growth, and to bear fruit. Or maybe that you just feel like your, your faith has taken a battering over the last year. You're just clinging on. You're just, yeah, you need that fresh gift of faith tonight. And the Bible says that faith is a gift from God. We can ask God for more faith. So maybe that's you tonight, and you just want to say, Lord, would you breathe life on my faith? Would you give me the gift of faith again tonight? Or maybe tonight you're here with no faith, or you're just thinking, I don't know if I believe this at all anymore. Again, God wants to give you that gift of faith. He wants to breathe his life on you again tonight. So God, we cry out to you tonight. We say, come Holy Spirit. We bring ourselves before you again tonight, God, with all of our experience, all of what's gone on in the last year. But Jesus, we want now to maybe put a marker in the ground and say in this new season we want to build lives on you we want to put our roots down we want to dig deeper into your word deeper in prayer deeper in worship God so that we may know you know your goodness know your power in our lives not just for ourselves but for our communities in the places that we find ourselves you might like just to hold out your hand tonight and just as if you're going to receive a gift and say, Lord, would you fill me with a gift of faith? Would you fill me again to say, yes, this is my faith. Yes, I believe this. Yes, I'm going to put down roots. Jesus, we can't do this without you. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come. Breathe on us again tonight, the gift of faith. We're going to worship now. and As we do that, why don't you just say to God in your heart, or maybe just out loud, it's fine to speak. We can speak, um, even though we can't sing. We can speak and just say, God, would you, would you fill me again? Would you take the doubts that I have? Would you... Uh, speak to me right now would you fill me 
And as we worship you, God, would you be glorified.